This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I am back with another Coaching Questions podcast. I'm really excited today to have another guest co-host, and it's Robbie Sainer Sullivan. How's it going, Robbie? Going well. I'm really happy to be here, Scott. So Robbie is one of our incredible coaches, um, and uh, I'll let her do the talking about uh, what she does. But I just want to say, in particular, um, you know, working with and getting to know Robbie over these last couple of years, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun energy with Robbie, you know, when, when I see her coaching in our problem programs and working. And so, yeah, so I'm going to tee you up as an introduction like that. So Robbie, why don't you tell us kind of like what your story is like, how did you get to the point where you wanted to be a coach? All right. Um, well, a short, I would say two years ago, Scott, um, I was really down and out. I was really, um, my kids had left home, had a lot more time on my hands. Um, wasn't being productive in the ways I assumed I would be. Um, you know, I, my career for a long time had been a journalist. So I'm, I'm, you know, sort of a news junkie was hanging out on the couch, watching a lot of news, drinking a lot of wine and just getting more and more miserable. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, as luck would have it, um, and all of my news watching and scrolling, I, I stumbled upon the alcohol experiment and I looked it up um, the following day and decided to do the self-guided one. It was a day before Easter and I was like, well, geez, I can't do it before Easter because we always go out to dinner with my in-laws and I'm going to be drinking and have to drink, right? But yeah. I did it anyway. I started that as my start date and, um, and it was amazing. Um, I, I, realized then that I had to change, that I wasn't, not only was I unhappy, but you know, what had made me happiest in life was giving back and was being involved and, and feeling like I made a difference in other people's lives and in the world, the community around me, the world around me. And I, you know, I wasn't doing any of that. And I, not only was I not doing that, but like, I was just getting more and more unhealthy physically and mentally. And so um, this idea of it had to start with me was just what I needed to hear. Um, that there was nothing that was I was going to read or hear somewhere that was going to make me feel better and all of a sudden like be ready to take on the world. That's not yeah. the way it works, right? Yeah. So I, I really literally stopped looking for outside sources um, to make me feel better about the world around me or about myself. And I started digging in really deep and that was really rewarding, really tough. Um, but um, at the end of that 30 days, I thought to myself, I feel amazing. I can't believe I did this. Um, I th think I want to try drinking again the right way. Um, and what amazes me is that I never did. Um, I wow, really? Yeah, I just never did. And every day, I was really, for the first time in my life, able to take it day, day by day. And like, I feel really good this morning. I feel really good this afternoon. I want to feel this way again tomorrow. And then I just started going through all the firsts, you know, we have date night, my husband going out for date night and gosh, how can I do that without alcohol? And then, you know, I did 
three or four of those. And I was like, wow, it's even better. We're actually talking and I'm not worried about whether or not I can get that half glass of wine, right? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, weddings and nights home alone and uncomfortable feelings and difficult situations and calls from my kids that normally would have set me off and made me feel like I couldn't, I couldn't handle their emotions without tamping mine down first, right? So um, yeah, you know, I came at it from that direction. And then, you know, lo and behold, what happened afterwards was absolutely amazing, more so because I realized that the other two things that were driving me that I wasn't aware of at the time, you know, once I figured out that drinking wasn't helping me, that it was actually hurting me, the other two things I'd always struggled with in my adult life were every time I would go back to therapy, I'd be like, I don't want to talk about my father anymore. This is crazy because, yeah. you know, what good does that do? But every time we would talk about my father and really it was because I was still trying to understand I was trying to understand what happened, right? And why I loved him so much and hated something that I didn't understand so much kind of thing. I was able to make that transition on my own after I understood what alcohol was and that it's addictive yeah. and that uh, he wasn't to blame. He wasn't making these choices over us. So that, it, that was amazing for me. Uh, that was a huge gift. And then I was able to reframe sort of my whole, um, adult life as a mom to three kids who were now in their mm. 20s because I was able to see all the ways in which I was a good mother where I had arrived at this point two years ago where I thought that all I was was a mother who drank and I couldn't see any of the good. Yes. And so it let me reframe so much of my past in a more truthful way, in a truthful way, and also um, to show up differently or show up as an even better version of myself with my kids and to model something, you know, one more thing I'll say about, about my kids is that one of the things that was really bothering me and I was aware of it at, at the time is that they were all of drinking age and they were starting to drink mm -hmm. at home. We all starting to drink at home together. Um, we have both have big, big sides of family, my husband and I, and all the holidays and things. We'd go to bars the night before Thanksgiving. We'd drink too much Thanksgiving. We'd go out the night after Thanksgiving. And I was like, I don't want to be this mom. Like, I, first of all, I can't keep up. Like, I'm getting sick, right? And yeah, so yeah. I don't want to be this mom. I don't want to connect with my kids over wine or beer. Yes. Right? And so I call that my trifecta. And I only had one point of it when I started, and that was me, and it had to come from me. But mm -hmm. when all is said and done, and I came out the other side, and I was able to kind of reframe my childhood and then be a different mom and have a different view of my role as a mother and how I did and fact that I was a good mom um, has been those have been the the three my three biggest gifts that is awesome I love all of that um, and it's really interesting to me you know there's themes you know when when people when people go to make this change in their life and kids is one that comes up a lot relationships is one that comes up a lot but the one that you started with this idea that it has to come from you mm -hmm. you know is something that I think a lot of people shy away from, right? Because we think maybe we're weak or we can't do it. And, you know, a lot of times we might have years of evidence. Like for me, it took me almost six years to finally like quit, quit, like be done. But that entire six years was just full of try and fail, at least the way I was framing it then, and then try and then fail. And like, as time goes on, you know, I start believing that there has to be something else out there. There's something out there that's going to change me. Mm -hmm. And that realization that you had that you started with that like, no, no, I change me. And then it goes from there is, is massive. And one that I think a lot of people go through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So you, I know you work with a lot of different types of people, um, but there are a few people when I asked you when we were setting this up, like who are the, what are the things, um, who do you like to work with? You know, and a couple of the examples you gave me were two, and I want to talk about both of them. So one of them was news junkies, which is a subject near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is women learning, learning to put themselves first. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about news junkies. Tell me about that group of people. It sounds like you, you've also <laughs> been there as well. Yeah, yeah. So like I say, for 15 years, I worked for a newspaper and I just have always, I grew up with, um, you know, the newspapers scattered around on a Sunday and and uh, the news on every night, you know, and my parents always having discussions about it and everything and, and watching it, you know, just being aware. And so I grew up with that and I took that into my my career and my adulthood. Um, and then, you know, I think, I think, you know, uh, in the last several years, the news has gotten a little bit more tumultuous, especially around COVID um, and this unknown and and just watching numbers rise and sort of different reactions to it. And I know for myself, when I was still drinking, like I mentioned earlier, I would read everything I could get my hands on. And then I would put on certain news stations and and take in even more. And and my mind was just, you know, busting with, with too much information that I couldn't process. And and nothing in it made me feel better, right? Yes, the only thing yeah. that made me feel better was the fact that I was processing or taking in all this news with a glass of wine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that became my my evening and, and eventually my late afternoon. And then, you know, maybe even 3 p.m. I could start, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are kind of looking, you know, just to see to get some good news, you know, and to feel like life's going to go back to whatever normal is and to, and to get back to living. And, and um, I think the best thing for me that I did was first, (laughs) obviously was to stop drinking. (laughs) But um, second, you know, I I recommend to people that, that after, you know, just a few basic things that you read to to keep abreast of things, the rest is is no good for you. It's not going to, it's not going to help you feel better. It's not going to get you off your butt and go for a walk outside. Mm -hmm. It's not going to motivate you to do anything for yourself. And so what are you left with? You're left feeling really down and tired and, um, and what do you do usually is, is you watch more news and you drink more wine kind of thing. Yes. So yeah. It's, yeah. they go, for me, they went hand in hand. And yeah. it was, it was, I just started really being very careful about how much news I took in. I really regulated it a day. Um, and, yeah. and I especially try not to do it um, anytime soon before bedtime. Yeah. Um, right. And yes. I don't, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I've worked with a lot of people that are in, in the same boat, you know, um, with this, this feeling of where's it all going kind of thing. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And like, I, I was very much in the, in that boat as well. And the whole, um, the whole idea of, wait a minute, I'm just reading like different takes on the same story over and over, right? There's only so many things that happen in a day. Um, and when you start to realize like, wait a minute, reading Twitter fights between journalists about COVID is not actually getting me anywhere. What's it you know? doing to my gut? What's it doing to my chest? What's yeah. it I mean, my God, just look at your body when you're taking in all this news, right? Yeah. Feel your body. The other thing my mother used to always say to me that used to just look like, 
in one ear and out the other, but I obviously took it in was <laughs> ignorance. You'd always say to me, Robbie, ignorance is not bliss. Yes. Um, you know, and so I think that, you know, I was wishing I could be one of these people for whom ignorance is bliss. That's not me, yeah. you know, like I kind of like to know what's going on, but to a point. Yeah. yeah. And learning how to um, manage that in a way that works really well for you, which is different for all of us individually, you know, like how much can we tolerate is, is I think part of the process of taking care of your own emotions, taking care of your own mental state, um, which is what helps us kind of make this change. And that leads me to the other thing that you mentioned, which is, you know, women learning to put themselves first. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that and maybe what your journey has been like with that too. Yeah. So personally, you know, I grew up with, uh, I'm the youngest of five kids and I grew up with um, a mom who was born in the early thirties and, you know, kind of went through the depression and then went the first in her family to go to college. But then about, you know, two months out of college, got married and had five kids. And yeah, and, you know, try, I, I watched my mom try to sort of, to do it all, um, and to raise five children and to make, you know, homemade meals and grow all our vegetables in the backyard and, and knit Afghans and be on the school committee. And then go, um, she actually went to two and a half years of law school wow. in her fifties. And then, well, that, that's a whole nother story. But I think that, you know, um, it still hasn't changed much in this world that that women are expected to be caregivers. They're expected to be caregivers. Um, and men too, to some degree. I mean, that's what we're all told. You take care of others, whether it's the people that work for you or, you know, your family members or your friends, you're always there for them, but you're not necessarily always there for yourself. And yeah. um, I so lived that, you know, I, uh, you know, I know we've talked about people pleasers and and not wanting to have anybody upset with us and wanting to be that person that someone else feels like they can call. And that's all great to be there for someone. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you know, when I'm sitting there on the couch drinking wine, a glass after glass of wine and not showing up for myself in any way, I really have very little to give back. So in essence, it's like learning to put yourself first allows you to be that kind of person that can give back in a in a meaningful way that doesn't deplete you and that just yeah. you know that actually believing that and not just not just you know talking the talk has been really important for me um that i don't i'm trying to think of what someone i work with said recently i'm i'm oh it wasn't i'm done pleasing people it was, it was better than that. I can't remember what it is, but it was just basically, she realized like, like that's not, that's no way to live. It's not yeah. how we were intended to live. And it actually doesn't do you or anybody else any good. Yeah. Um, and you know, women are considered nurturers and yeah, we are, you know, I love being nurturing, but there's this chasm between nurturing others and nurturing yourself. And yes. that it's, it's one of the most uncomfortable things to learn how to do. And that's the thing about alcohol is I feel like for a lot of people, it fills that gap, yes. right? So you are nurturing other people, you're taking out care of other people, you're whatever you're doing to care for others. And there is like a nagging thought in your head of like, man, I'm tired, or this is a lot, or I've been driving around. And, and we tend to push those things down and think, well, I'll take care of myself when, right? Whenever this person's you know, I've done this thing or I've gone here for work or whatever it is. But the reality is 
what ends up happening for a lot of us with alcohol, I think, is we use alcohol to make that feeling feel better. Yeah. Um, because maybe we have some guilt or some shame about, man, I don't need this. Like other people need stuff more than me. Oh, so the, everybody else seems to be doing this so easily. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. And I think breaking through that and getting to that place where it's like, oh, wait a minute, if I do spend more on me, right, time, energy, resources, money, whatever it happens to be, yep. that like I am actually a better nurturer right? That I'm a better mom or a better dad or a better employee or community member, or son or daughter or whatever it is, you know, whatever role. Um, everything. But it's yeah. a big lesson to learn. Huge, it's not easy. It's a huge lesson. And it's an ongoing lesson. It's, it's yeah. not, all right, you got a hundred, you're good now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What do you say? You want to dive into some questions? Absolutely. All right. I'm going to fire away. So number one is this. Many of us have been drinking for years and have built our social and work lives around drinking accordingly. I would say that all, and that's capitalized, all of my friends and my wife drink, and much of what we do when we get together is centered around or at least accompanied by drinking. Mm -hmm. I am therefore worried that if I quit drinking, I will need to reinvent my entire social and work life, which would be a big deal. Any thoughts or perspectives or advice on this? Yeah, absolutely. So it feels like a really big deal, but it never is as big a deal as you think it's going to be. Um, and I would have said the exact same thing this writer uh, said too, when I was thinking about, okay, I want to do this for me, but how am I possibly going to then insert myself back into my social, my social circles or my drinking family, or, you know, how am I going to go on a vacation or how am I going to be with my siblings or any of that? Right. Yeah. Um, so as far as, you know, socially, I always love to use this example. I have these three best friends from high school and they are everything to me. Um, it's just unconditional love and humor. And, you know, we don't see each other often, but we're in constant touch. And when I said to them, you know, I did 30 days and we were due to get together that following month. And I said, I'm not, not going to drink. And I got three very different responses. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to get, but I was like, I'm just going to throw this out there, right? Just throw it out there and see what happens. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, one of them was like, oh my gosh, I want to hear all about it. Like, definitely interested in that. Yeah. One was like, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm, I've got, I've got it all figured out. You know, you know, I have my this and my this and my this. And the other one started immediately sending me memes about drinking and, and, you know, things that, wow. things that we used to once laugh about. Right. Yeah. And I had done enough reading and gone through the 30 days and thought enough about this to know that, that none of this was a reflection on me, that this yeah. was sort of them recalibrating what it felt like for them, um, you know, mm -hmm. one of them was obviously super interested, and so it was easy for her. One of them was kind of met, kind of made her, you know, think back and go, "Okay, this I'm okay because I do A, B, and C." The other one, I think, was like, "Whoa, where does this leave our friendship? I'm scared," you know. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so I just my best advice for any of the situations of of once you've committed to it and 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 being in your different circles is to let it play out and to um, it's organic, 
if that makes sense, Scott. Yes, like it, it, it just takes a little time and people just want to know that you're the same person, which by the way, you are it's a better version of you. <laughs> you know, I was worried I wouldn't be funny anymore. I'm considered yep. like the one who can tell the off color jokes and made people crack up. And I was like, was that due to my drinking? It's not. You know, yeah. they, and so turns out I went, you know, I went away with these people for a weekend when we could still go away for weekends and we had an awesome time and, yeah. they, and, and that has continued to play out um, in my family, even had a couple, you know, interested questions from my brothers who are like 15 years older than I am, honestly, awesome. you know, um, and, and um, with my kids, it's been amazing, you know, it didn't, it, it, it I think it was just um, incredibly I don't know if it was a relief for them, but it it allowed them to get really interested on their, you know, on their own time and in their own way. Um, you know, I don't have coworkers, so I can't really speak to that. But this whole idea that it's going to be a really big deal is it doesn't play out that way. And and yes. for the one or two times that maybe it is a little uncomfortable or or you know you're not sure where it's going to go, that needs to happen. That needs to happen because if you're putting yourself first and you're doing this for your health, then anybody's negative reaction um, isn't about you wanting to be healthy. It's about th them maybe fearing change. And change yes. is good. When it comes to alcohol, change is good. It's good with your relationships. You just have to let it play out. And it is, I love the word organic. It's organic. It's not like, you know, just it let totally it be. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, there are a couple of things you said there I want to highlight because one thing that happens regularly um, is people have this fear um, and they might've seen another friend quit drinking and like see what happens or, you know, most often though, it's this imagined idea, right? That they're going to tell people and my friends won't want to hang out with them and all of that. Um, one of the reasons that so many people have these this reaction that they do right if you are a drinker chances are your friends and your social circle like it's going to be fairly similar mm -hmm. um and chances are if you have you know if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking man i might need to make a change with this there's a very very good chance that some of your friends have thought about the same thing yeah <laughs> you know if you what I always encourage people to do is remember to their journey, right? So this, this question comes up in a program, someone I'm coaching, I'll hear them say, Scott, I don't know how to deal with this, right? I don't know what to do. And they're at a certain point in their journey. They're at a certain point where they've decided I've got to make a change. I'm going to, you know, they've signed up for a program. They signed up for coaching, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I always remind them to think back in their journey to however long, right? Like I mentioned for me, it was like six years of like trying and like not being able to do it. But like, remember that feeling of, man, do I need to make a change here? Do, do I have a problem, quote unquote? Yeah. Um, and how long we just like cram that down, you know? Right. And we, we try to drink that question away. And right. so when someone that we hang out with every Friday night, you know, around the bonfire or at the bar or whatever it is, mm. is like, hey guys, I was drinking too much. That is holding up a mirror to that person. Right. Um, and it can be very unsettling. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I mean, my best friend um, quit drinking a few years before I did. Mm -hmm. And like, boy, when he told me that, it threw me for a loop. Um, and it really made me question things and made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to your point, Robbie, like our relationship has done nothing but improve, especially since I quit drinking too. Like it's done nothing but improve over time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I always like to, to throw out there, you know, to ask people to have, you know, that compassion and like, think, think about it from, think about it from their perspective. And, sure. you know, what you mentioned about their worrying about the relationship changing is also true. Yeah. You know, um, it's a change. It's a change in any relationship, but it's, I have, I have so few instances of it being a bad change. Um, it's just, it's, it's a shift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Let me dive into another one. Oh, this is an interesting one. I was curious yeah. what your thought would be this. Um, so here we go. Wine is given to me oftentimes as a thank you gift. And I'm usually asked, what wine do you like beforehand? Any ideas for a good response? I obviously don't want them to give me wine, but I also don't want to reject their offer and or seem ungrateful. Have you had this experience recently? I have. Oh, really? Yeah. I um, have not received a gift of wine or had anybody ask me what my favorite wine is in a long time. Um, if they were to ask me, I mean, you know, it's easy for me to answer now. I, I think I would say, not really into wine anymore, believe it or not. I mean, I would make a joke about it, you know? And I would also say if they were local, I'd say, you know, Provisions downtown, they have this amazing thing called toast. It's like um, cider and cranberry and seltzer. I really love those and they're cheap. So you could get me three or something, you know, That's like- perfect, yeah. Um, but I haven't been asked that question in a long time. And, you know, usually at Christmas when we host 50 people at our house Christmas Eve, I end up with, you know, 20 bottles of wine. That is I know, what happens, I know yeah. that there definitely wouldn't be that many because most people know I don't drink, but I'm not, you know, who knows what I'll say next year. Yeah. Yeah. My response, I always, um, so there's certain alcohol-free beers I really like, like I'm a fan of athletic brewing. Yeah. Um, and so I'll always redirect to that. Yeah. Um, and yes, humor is often, often a big humor. part of it for me. I know it makes me feel better, but it also, I think, makes that exchange better because a lot of times there's such an idea out there of like, you know, I'm going to just kind of draw a cartoon. It's not this bad, but this idea of this like alcoholic that can't be around alcohol. And like, if you even mention it to them, like they're going to, ah, you know, right. and that's not certainly not what this naked mind believes, but like, right. and it hasn't been my experience either personally. Yeah. Um, but I think the people coming to you and asking the question often and might have that or some of that idea in their head. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it can feel like, oh, I don't want to upset them because they're trying to give me a gift. Yeah, you know? right. So tell them exactly what you love, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Better, than, better than saying, well, I like Merlot and then letting them buy you a bottle of Merlot and then letting it sit on the, giving it away or pouring it down the sink. I mean, let's, let's just be practical here, you yeah. know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Good answer. Uh, I'm going to ask you another one. So um, here's another one that someone wrote in with. Can everyone moderate? I've tried a few times after over five years alcohol free, but without support or knowledge, it seems alcohol always gets me and I'm trapped. Mm -hmm. So when I say, Scott, that I did the 30 day alcohol experiment and never drank again, that's true. But, you know, you talk about your six years of trying. I had my 10 years of yeah. knowing that it was a problem, right? I still wanted it in my life for many reasons, but I was aware that most times I drank more than I wanted to. And most mornings I felt lousy and that got worse and worse over 10 years. And I tried multiple times on my own. We know how well that works, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and so 
for me, the reason I didn't start drinking again, even though I had intended to, was because I was blown away by how much mental energy and clear-headedness and space I had in my brain to live life. And I knew from my own many, many experiments that every time I tried to moderate, um, I would do well for a few days and I would experience sort of the physical benefits of not drinking for a few days. But then it was like, yeah, like we all talk about, okay, you know, Friday and Saturday came into Thursday, Friday and Saturday became Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday became, okay, one, one Sunday through Wednesday and then two Thursday through Friday and I can have a blowout Saturday kind of thing and it's all I ever thought about. Yeah. And I think that I didn't want to be thinking about it all the time anymore. And I also yes. understood that once you reintroduce it to your system, because alcohol is a highly addictive substance, you're not only fighting these beliefs that you might still have that it serves you, but you're fighting the substance. And I had no desire, I was a nurse after I was a journalist, no desire to mess with the substance anymore. I respected, I respected the science behind it. Yeah. That's what, that's what got me is through the 30 days was the science. Mm -hmm. So I hope this is making sense. I, you know, I moderating, I think is a really big, huge commitment, no matter what. And, yeah. and there's so much, a, there's so much else in life to commit to. I love that. And yeah, so, you know, moderation technically is possible. Um, and there are people who do it. Now, a couple of caveats to that. Um, most people who get to the point where they're like, whoa, I really need to cut back and who try for years like United, mm -hmm. most of us have gone kind of a little bit too far down the path to effectively moderate. And I want to talk about what that means in a minute. Um, now, again, it doesn't mean everyone. Um, and this particular lesson about moderation and can I do it or can I not do it is one that I've noticed many, many people need to learn for themselves. Oh, yeah. um, and one of the reasons for that is that, you know, through developing alcohol use disorder, whatever part of the spectrum we might be on with that, we, um, we lose our ability to be truly intellectually honest with ourselves. And so what that means is that, you know, maybe when you're first trying to quit, there's like this real like cognitive dissonance between I want to drink, I don't want to drink. Mm -hmm. And over time, the way alcohol works and the way addiction works, we learn how to ignore that, right? Mm -hmm. We learn how to ignore some signs, ignore some comments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had multiple conversations with my wife uh, that was, a, that were about like, are you going to do anything about this? I mean, never that confrontational, but essentially that was a message. Right. And, you know, I would get very defensive. I knew, I knew in the back of my mind, like she's a hundred percent correct, right. but because, because of the way that addiction works, you know, right. I, I wasn't being intellectually honest. Right. And that's what I see as sort of the, 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 the core of any ability to moderate is an ability to say like you did, Robbie, like this takes way too much energy. Or, you know, on those days when I'm not drinking, all I'm doing is thinking about drinking. Does this actually make sense? Right. So true moderation is literally, quite literally a take it or leave it situation, right? right? I can have a drink or I cannot have a drink. That's my husband. 
Yeah, and but here's the thing about your husband, and I've only met him once, but I don't, I don't know him. But like, um, the thing about your husband is he's not spending the leave it times thinking about alcohol, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. that that is the difference, and that's the energy that comes into it. So, you know, to to be direct about it, you know, if if you can moderate, I, I'll actually give you an example. There's a lady I coached for a whole year. Mm -hmm. year she was saying she was going to moderate yeah. and we had this discussion around um you know it's best to go through all of the different experiences of your life all those firsts that you were mentioning before you know mm -hmm. and have a full year alcohol free um you know so that you know what that feels like so that your feet are firmly on the ground and then if you want to try it try it so we get to the end of the year and she brings it up again and i'm you know okay like great i always want to talk about this because um it's a good topic, but what I normally hear people say when they say, I want to moderate is they say, um, I want to have two drinks on Monday, one drink on Wednesday, three drinks on Friday, and that's it, or whatever version of that, right? <laughs> and, and it was not what she said. What she said to me is she said, you know what? I don't know what the future holds. I don't want to have any rules. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be honest with myself. And mm -hmm. if that opportunity comes up, I might try it if I feel like it, or I might not. And I took a step back and I'm like, whoa, that's intellectual honesty, mm. right? That's the thing. So, right. um, you know, to, to the person who wrote in this question, like if you feel like that's something that you have, that's great. If you don't, it doesn't necessarily mean it will never come back, right? It doesn't mean that, but what it does mean is that you putting yourself first and recognizing, wait a minute, I don't know if I have the, the you know, I know I can reason my way into another drink, yeah. Um, being honest about that and putting that energy into improving yourself and, and this process can make a much bigger difference. Yeah. 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 Really great points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm going to ask you the big question now. So this is a question that I ask at the end of every episode. Uh, yeah. it has nothing to do with alcohol. Oh. Um, so Robbie, you get to have one superpower. It is either going to be invisibility or flight which one do you choose invisibility or flight i guess i guess i would pretty easily of course i have to write them down and look at them yeah i'm wondering what you're writing down <laughs> i write down everything i would say flight and i guess that's because why would i want to be invisible um i guess so i could see things that I'm, uh, <laughs> it feels like spying. Yeah, you yeah, know, I like it. it. Like spying. And I, I feel like I, you know, alcohol kept me pretty invisible for a while. Like, I don't want to be invisible. I kind of want to be me and shine, but I would love to fly. Let me, you know, my husband has flying dreams all the time. I'm so envious of him. He'll wake <laughs> up and he'll be like, shake me. And he'll be like, he has the best dreams and he has these flight dreams and I just, I want to have a dream where I fly. So I want, I want flight. I want to, right. I want to soar above it all and get the big picture and feel really good about, you know, it's like going outside in nature and just yeah. like small. I feel like flight would give you that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, how, about well, uh, how about me? I don't have to answer the big question. No, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> Of I, I agree with flight a hundred percent. Like that just feels like something I want. All right. um, well, anyway, thank you so much, Robbie, for hanging out with me for this podcast. Um, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, what is your website? 
It's a sanerway.com. My maiden name is Saner, S-A-N-E-R. So I used it. So a sanerway.com. I love it. Well, thank you very much. And to all of you listening, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, I'll be back next month with another edition of Coaching Questions. Take care, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm so excited, you guys, because we are just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you do not know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAE. That's LAE for live alcohol experiment. And here's the thing. This 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You know it's that version that's living the most joyful life, that version that doesn't need alcohol to relax, or have a good time and that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's a 30-day challenge. It's live. It's starting on the first. So hurry up. Go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash LAD. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.